Hello, and welcome to The Yoga Corner. I'm Shelby Phoenix. I'm a yoga instructor, life coach, and founder of The Yoga Corner. I help you find unshakable self-trust and manifest a lifestyle as a yoga entrepreneur. In my podcast, Yoga Corner Chats, I have real conversations with women about their wellness and entrepreneurship journeys. So get cozy and listen in because the next chat is starting now. to Yoga Corner Chats. I am super excited about this episode. If you don't know, I was recently diagnosed with ADHD combined type, and it was a really long journey to get from kind of discovery, like curiosity to diagnosis, and I feel so empowered that I know I have ADHD and now I can really use my strengths as well as work on some of the things that I might be lacking in a little bit. And that is going to change my life. So I learned that I had ADHD from finding women online that have ADHD and listening to them talk about their experiences and how those experiences resonated with me and for the first time I really felt seen. So I wanted to bring on a guest who we could learn from so that maybe one of you are listening and you hear something in this podcast episode that's going to help you get closer to maybe your ADHD diagnosis or maybe just realizing that you have ADHD um, or maybe understanding and being more empathetic of your friends and family and other people in your life who have ADHD. So without further ado, Let's get this Yoga Corner chat started. Good afternoon and happy Thursday, March 2nd. Welcome to the Yoga Corner. I am Shelby Phoenix and I am a yoga instructor, life coach, and the owner of the Yoga Corner. I help you find unshakable self-trust and manifest a lifestyle as a yoga entrepreneur. Today on Yoga Corner Chats, we are joined or we will be joined by Alexis McCluskey, Alexis, also known as the Tough Love Coach, guides ADHD entrepreneurs to find strategies that fit their brain so they can make more money and have more freedom. Today, Alexis and I are going to talk all things ADHD and entrepreneurship. Hi, what's up? How are you today? Thursday, I never know what day it is. Um. (laughs) Thursday. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on. I'm excited too. I was wondering if it's okay with you. I like to start these interviews by guiding us a couple of deep breaths together. Is that okay? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyone who's listening too, I invite you to join us as well. So settle into whatever surface you're sitting on. If it's safe to do so, invited to close your eyes or take a soft gaze. Sit up nice and tall and use your belly to push all the air out of your lungs. Get empty. Slowly begin 
Begin to inhale through your nose, fill your belly, your rib cage, fill all the way to the top of your lungs. And then let it all go out your mouth. We're gonna do two more like that. Inhale through your nose, belly, rib cage, lungs, and let it all go. One last time together. Inhale, fill up, biggest breath today. And get empty. Whenever you feel ready, open up your eyes, come back to the space. So let's get started by giving you the opportunity to yeah, introduce so, yourself and your business. Um, I'm Alexis McCluskey, a self-proclaimed tough love coach. Um, I have been coaching in so many aspects for like my whole life. Like I went to school to be a teacher. I did like coached sports and did all the things. So I've always been in like a coaching position, but I've been coaching people in this arena essentially for the past 10 years. And I have bounced around from being a holistic nutrition coach to doing fitness. Then I did network marketing for a little bit. And I've always been really intrigued. I, I like to explain like what I do is asking more of like why we do something not just how to fix it um and so like i always use the example of like yeah. procrastination if you're procrastinating what people tend to do is they're like okay i just got to get better at, procrast at not procrastinating right instead of asking <laughs> yeah. a few steps back which people don't like to take steps back and ask like why so that's really like right. the the center of what i do i do like to coach um adhd entrepreneurs i i still work with people who you know don't have it but but it goes di undiagnosed so often so i like to work with people in that way to help them find systems and strategies that work for them but not just like here's a you know a great plan it's going to work for you it's figuring out what works best for them and what you know is holding them back in terms of like you know what's up here so a lot a little mixture of like business mindset yeah. Why um, do you call yourself the tough love so it's, coach? It's definitely going to be like uh, the when I, whenever I write a book, uh, it's going to be um, that. That's kind of like the root of it. And the way I like to explain it, one is I've always been um, like the way I was raised was just that way. Um, but like in sports, when I had mentors, I always for some reason seemed to respond better to like the people that like are like, I don't want to hear your excuses and not coming. And I like to try to yeah. tell people that and I'm I, with my podcast. I like to tell people that it, I'm redefining what tough love means because I think tough love people think if you know who David Goggins is, it's like, stop being a bitch. Like just show up like hustle culture. It can be that, <laughs> yeah. but I like to find the middle ground of give yourself grace, listen to yourself. Like, you know, don't beat yourself up and be your biggest bully, but you can't play the victim and be in this pity party all the time. I think pity party is like the biggest thing for me. That's what like I'm going to write a book about. And so that has always been a theme for me. But I think when I decided to use that, um, or not when I decided, what, what, what kind of created that was all the way back in my story when I, I was homeless living out of my car and then and in LA for a bit. And I was the biggest pity party person, big victim mentality. And so I kind of had this moment uh in my life where i realized oh my god this is nobody's coming to save me i have to do this and so it was kind of an accumulation of realizing like how i cannot be the victim anymore not play you know that pity party and so i like the idea of tough love i think that there's a lot of spaces online yeah. that are for the soft and feminine and i love that i'm here for that i need that but i'm like 
not the super masculine, but the somewhere in between. I like to kind of help people realize that, which is probably scary at first because they're like, oh my God, that love. Well, it's kind of what attracted me to your like page and your energy because I really appreciate like brutal, not yeah. brutal, but like honesty, like tell me, like don't make it soft and squishy for me. Like let's yeah, just 100%. get straight to the point kind of. Um, and I really like that because I feel like you kind of have that energy yeah. in what I you're think sharing too, what with you're the saying world. Is, is, is something I hear a lot when people come to work with me, like when they're ready to work like with me as like a one-on-one -on -one client, especially they'll be like, I love therapy and I'm a big advocate for therapy. I love therapy, but I'm tired of somebody holding my hand. I kind of need somebody to like light a fire under my ass. So I'm kind of like that person. I still talk a lot yeah. about things that you might talk about in therapy and trauma because they're so important, but it's less of like me holding space for you in that sense. I still do, but it's more of like, let's actually take action and not just have awareness around the things that, you know, are holding us back. Yeah. There's a quote I love um, that I read when I was doing my yoga teacher training and it kind of like is a mantra I come back to all the time. And it's when you're, when you are feeling powerless, you've forgotten how much choice you really have. And it's like, so when you're sitting in that place where you're in your pity party, yeah. like you still have choices. You maybe just, yeah, can't that's 100% right what I like to there. do is help pull people's like head out of the clouds because everybody has the answers like inside of them sounds like a little, a little disney princess type of thing but like everybody has those answers inside of them but sometimes we're and we are hard on ourselves but sometimes we get too much into like that like i just need to be and instead of like seeing that you have choices you have to have a balance but i think we can fall too yeah. far to the other side just like you can fall too far to the tough love masculine side so Right. So you were sharing that you, a lot of your coaching is, um, you work with a lot of people with ADHD, um, and entrepreneurs or in business. So my audience is a lot of yoga teachers. I know there's some of you out there who do have ADHD, but for anyone out there who doesn't know what ADHD is, or maybe has like a yeah. stereotypical view of in their head, how do you explain what ADHD is? I definitely it. what you were saying about like stereotypes. There's so many stereotypes, not only that people have of people with ADHD, but, but people with ADHD have of themselves. I have an ADHD mastermind um, going on right now. And we just covered this this past week. Uh, it's like identifying what the stereotypes are. So a lot of people think that people with ADHD are just like bouncing off the walls and crazy. And we just like are all over the place and we forget things. And like, yes, that can be a piece of it but there's so much beauty to ADHD, just like anything, like every, every type of neurodivergent thing, autism, whatever, like there's always superpowers with it. Right. So ADHD is in, in that same spectrum yeah. where yes, we are executive function, like lacks a little bit, which is the planning, the focus, the memory. Um, so that's, you know, going to be a little bit of a struggle, but we also have the superpower of, um, you know, being able to there's there's a book i read about adhd that i think explains it perfectly is like they call it attention deficit disorder but it's not actually that we have a deficit of attention we have too much attention it's controlling it the controlling it is the issue yeah so i think the best way i would explain it is that again in the book he's 
does people with ADHD have a Ferrari brain with bicycle brakes? So we have so much ability, so much attention, so much uh, ability to focus. It's more of controlling it and keeping it like down. That's why people who take like Adderall or those things, it's a stimulant to help us. Like people who take uh, that kind of thing and don't have ADHD usually are like more wired. But if you give somebody like yeah. that, like if you see me, if I, if I ever take, I don't take it now, but when I took ADHD medication, I'm just like my, my husband or like my parents would be like you're like a zombie when you're on it so it's it's us having all these superpowers to be able to focus and to be able to get things done we're entrepreneurs most of the time we're the creatives we're the artists so we have so many ideas it's being able to like get things to like settle in i think is that's like a general or like a broad explanation but instead of just being like you know something simple i think that helps make sense of it i guess yeah um it's kind of funny i just got diagnosed with adhd very recently like in september and i look back on different things i've done in my life and i feel like i've accidentally kind of put myself in places Mm -hmm. where lots Mm -hmm. of other neurodivergent people happen to be not really knowing maybe i had some i had some sort of knowing and i was like seeking places where i felt safe or understood i guess and I became an entrepreneur uh, two years ago. And through my diagnosis and like all my research, I learned that lots of like entrepreneurship and ADHD yep. kind of go hand in hand or have this relationship. I th- Why do think, you think it's because is? the way our brain works, again, this idea of like having a Ferrari brain with bicycle brakes, we are just the the ideas the the again the superpower that we have even though there are certain parts of our brain that there's like actual parts of people with adhd brain that like aren't turned on essentially like that would be in a neurotypical person but there's other parts that are like heightened and so it's like the same as like again going back to like somebody with autism they might struggle with other areas but like you know there's this kid i see on tiktok he's like i don't know eight or nine he has autism and he can you can give him like any company like dasani coke whatever and he'll literally be able to within seconds like draw the actual like label of it perfectly and so it's like there are certain parts of our brain that i think are just like hyper turned on and so it's like we have a, a literal superpower so with that because we are creative. The other piece that I think is a major part of why we become entrepreneurs is because again, the way our brain works, um, to keep it like really simple, we have a, an itch that we constantly want to scratch and it's never satisfied. And so boredom is our kryptonite. And so working a regular job, having somebody else tell you what to do, not being able to use that creativity gets in the way. And so being an entrepreneur, one, we're very, um, Oh, what's the word? Because all of my clients struggle with it. Um, like wanting to do lots of different things. Uh, yeah, multifaceted. Jesus, like, Jesus, I think multifaceted. Um, ADHD brain. So we're really <laughs> multifaceted and we hate the idea of like being stuck to one thing. And so we're constantly trying to scratch that itch, be creative, like you, be able to get all that energy and, and creativity out. And I think being an entrepreneur allows you to use that creativity more than you would ever would, you know, working for somebody else. I love how you um, talk about some of the traits of ADHD as superpowers. I actually have just been sharing on my page all week leading up to this about ADHD and just some like basic education and stories from my life. 
Um, and someone reached out to me in the messages and they specifically were like, can you post or share mm -hmm. something about ADHD as a superpower? Um, Cause I, like, you know, they said, I hear so much about how it's like a disability or a disorder. Like I want to hear like something empowering about it. Um, so I think that must be something that people are not hearing about themselves yeah. on social media. Um, what would you say to um, someone yeah. who was looking for One, that kind of perspective? definitely find people on social media because um, it's like the easiest way for you to like connect. You can read a book, you can you know listen to podcasts, things like that. But I think finding someone on social media that you can see as a consistent reminder that you can be successful with ADHD, that they're going to talk about that. Because the yeah. biggest thing with anybody struggling with anything, um, you just want to feel seen and heard. And so when you can follow someone yeah. that has been through an experience that either you want to be a part of, like being an entrepreneur, owning a business, and you can see them show up every single day, I think that's because we're, most of us are on social media all the time. And so being able to like consistently right. see someone that's doing that, I think is a really, a really great way to understand that. Another thing that I like to talk about, this is like related, but not so much about something you just said made me think. Um, something that I talk about, I'm talking about this in, in the mastermind is, again, this is where some of the tough love comes in. I think there's this dichotomy with ADHD that will is helpful for people to overcome it, whether you're just a regular person or you're an entrepreneur, is yes, one side of the coin is you have ADHD. There's going to be things that like just don't work i don't say broken it's just different the same as a neurotypical person so yes your time management is going to be a little bit off you're going to be more likely to procrastinate a lot of those different things but it's the same with anxiety same with depression there's the other side of it that is in your control it is due to your habits how you show up every single day and you if you're already going to struggle on one side with ADHD because of how your brain works, you don't want to double down by having bad habits. We don't have to say, oh, that's just my, again, like whether it's yeah. anxiety, depression, oh, it's just my anxiety, it's just my depression, it's just my ADHD. Those things are valid. Your hormones, the things that are going on in your brain don't function the same. Your nervous system, that's true. So we're going to keep that there. We're not saying you don't have anxiety or you don't have ADHD, or you don't have any of those things. But for example, I will talk to people like using reminders when you have ADHD. They're like, yeah, I've never heard that before. I'm like, okay. So the last time you used a reminder, you said a reminder to do something. When it went off, did you actually do it? If you don't do it, Every single right. time you don't say, okay, this reminder went off, it's a non-negotiable to do it. You are now creating the neuron pathway in your, in your brain when we create habits that goes, this isn't a non-negotiable. And you put a vote in that category that says, I don't do it. Right. And so every single time a reminder goes off and you choose not to do it, you create that habit. So yes, there's an ADHD, but there's so much of it that are habits. And so I think that, um, I don't even know what, what, what you said that made me think of it, but I think, I guess, under, like people feeling less like, oh, this is a disability. I, I don't have any superpowers. How is this a superpower? It can be a superpower if you admit that you have more control than you do. I think that's a big Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense. And I think it goes back to that, that mantra. Like, if you feel powerless, you don't know how much choice you have. You have the choice to set the reminder and follow through with it. And also self-trust, like building trust exactly. with yourself. I trust myself. I'm going to follow through with that reminder, whatever I'm going to do, which is so important yeah. in entrepreneurship in general. Um, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit more about some of the struggles that your clients or other people with ADHD have that they can work on 
and yeah, our entrepreneurship in their Everything is all always figured out, <laughs> that's for sure. I think that a big thing that people struggle with, like, there's, a, there's a, a, a lot of different ones, but I would say the most common one that I work with people on is um, like perfectionism, workaholism, and perfection, or wait, perfectionism, workaholism, and procrastination. Procrastination is like number one, very common in yeah. people with ADHD. Um, again, there's lots of different reasons, but I think one of the things that when I've done my own research and study on ADHD that I've like made my own connection with, cause you can read and they'll be like, there's a million reasons why uh, procrastination. I think it goes back to the boredom thing. The, the, the us wanting, we, we love uh, novelty. Like we like new things. So for example, if you're good ADHD and everybody can do this because there's also something called VAST, which is variable attention stimulus trait, which is for people who have some of the commonalities of people with ADHD, but not enough for like a traditional diet. So, right. um, but like, let's say that you're, um, I always use this example, like, uh, I'll be working out and in the middle of my workout, I'm like 20 minutes in and I'm like, oh, I forgot to water my plant. And so I'll stop my workout to go water my plants instead of doing it later because I got bored yeah. with my workout. I want novelty. And so I'm going to go like change. Cause as soon as I change what I'm doing, it feels new. I'm starting to get dopamine again. I'm accomplishing a new task. And so I think that procrastination is a, is a, uh, that that's one of the big things, but then that, that's more a little bit surface level. I also think that, and I share this a lot, that there's like six different reasons why people procrastinate that are underneath the surface. So fear of failure, fear of success, caring about what people think, all or nothing thinking, perfectionism, and needing mm -hmm. to know all the answers before you start. And so I think like what I just shared with that is so true for perfectionism, for workaholism. It's not just that you need to work less. Why do you feel pressure to work so much? It's not just that you can't post something because you need to be perfect. Whose voice is telling you that it has to be perfect? So I think whatever it might be that you're right. struggling with, it's always, and this is a lot of work that I do with people, you know, in, in all of my work, but especially with my one-on-one -on -one clients is really identifying like what's that underneath thing. And, and that's why I said everything, you can work on everything because if you figure out what the root cause of it is, you can help as much of it as you can up to the point where like some ADHD stuff is going to get in the way. But there, the more you work, because this, this is pretty controversial, but I personally believe, again, through my own understanding, whenever I share this, it's, it's very like, it splits the room, uh, that ADHD is a trauma response, that it's genetic. Yeah, it's not genetic. Can I ask you and about I don't want to like tell people that's it. You can choose to believe what you, what you want to believe. But like ADHD, typically, like if you look at people who have ADHD, anybody, and this is people that I've talked to as well, the symptoms typically start after something traumatic. So I know people who are like, I don't remember struggling with ADHD growing up, but I did later and I had this traumatic experience because especially like when you're younger, but like, why would you be able to focus in school if you have a chaotic house back home? If you have to be hyper vigilant, why is your brain space that you need to have memory and focus and, and um, planning be able to do what it needs to do when it's focuses on surviving? And so, um, I think right. that one working on the habit side of it and like what you do every day, but also knowing the more you work on that underneath trauma and you switch your trauma responses, your triggers, yeah. things like that, you'll notice, and this is from experience that those ADHD symptoms don't, aren't as prominent. I'm not saying you can heal your ADHD, but I'm right. saying how I function now as an entrepreneur compared to 10 years ago, vastly different. And a lot of the inner work that I've done. Yeah. I think that point of view is super interesting because 
just in the past few decades, like we've learned so much about trauma and about ADHD that like holding on to the idea that it's only genetic might mm -hmm. be outdated at this point. Like, yeah, it's and probably it's more not complex. genetic. But if you look at it, because if people will be like, well, my mom had it, my grandma had it. I'm like, what kind of trauma did they have? Like most people don't not have right. trauma. I don't know a single person with ADHD that doesn't have trauma. I'm not saying they don't exist. But in my experience working with people, I've never right. worked with someone that has ADHD and they haven't had and trauma with a big T, little t. It doesn't have to be that you were physically right. abused. It can be that you were like slightly neglected, maybe just even bullying in school and not even anything crazy. Like there's so many different things. Right. When we're growing and our brain is literally developing and becoming more of a human, <laughs> like there's so many things that are going on that even the slightest bit of trauma can affect things like executive function. Yeah, and also the side effects or the way trauma you know, plays out in your body and in your mind. 100%. Like the symptoms overlap yeah. each other of ADHD yeah. and trauma. Um, I'm wondering what common myth would you like to bust oh, man, about ADHD? A lot. Um, there's one I would pick specifically. Um, I, I could go one way, but I'll go another way just in case anybody watches this and is like struggling with the idea um of like doing their own thing being their entrepreneur uh, or being an entrepreneur just anything where they're going to kind of be of service to someone product-based service-based whatever i think one of the things and this is more even um uh, busting a myth of that i think people think about themselves with adhd is that yeah. you can have adhd and be successful and not think because i know i thought this for a while if I start, and it was why I didn't really, I always talked about ADHD, but I didn't kind of coin myself as like someone who helped people with ADHD because I was afraid that if someone found out I had ADHD, they wouldn't think I would be a good coach. Like they would be like, oh, she's not going to be good with time management or yeah. she's, how's she, how's she going to be able to help me when she can't even focus. And that's never at right. all been an issue. Not that there hasn't been things that have been difficult. Like sometimes on a call with a client, I literally lose my train of thought. But like most of my clients are like, they get it, they understand because it happens to everybody. But like, that's like the extent of it. And I think it also helps hold you accountable that other side of the coin that's more in your control of like the habit side of the integrity side because the more you want to show up best for yourself and for your clients it holds you to a different standard and you realize oh i'm actually way more capable than i can be so i think that would be like not that i think other people maybe some people have that myth but more of the myth we have with ourselves that like i'm not going to be a good coach or people aren't going to want to work with me if they find out i have adhd i think when we can share yeah. anything whether it's adhd yeah. anxiety depression like I think when we can share that we have it, people are, there are of course going to be people that might not want to work with us, but our people will always, I think people are afraid that if they are <laughs> honest like that and someone didn't like, they didn't like that or they didn't never talk to them again, they, they were never going to be your people. We're never going to vibe with them anyway. Right. So good. Weed them out. Like, get them, get them out of here. <laughs> um, what piece of advice would you give to someone with ADHD that is um, starting a business? Um, I always say there's three pieces to advice I give anybody, which is consistency, patience, and authenticity. Mm -hmm. To kind of go off what I was just sharing, I would think, because consistency people might be like, that's kind of hard for me. And patience, also hard for people with ADHD. So those are important. But 
one to go off again, what I just shared is the authenticity piece. I think especially now on social media and with Instagram, the algorithm has just been a bitch lately. Like it's been, it's been rough. And every single person I talk to is having those same struggles. It's, it's always figuring out just like how to not let it be an excuse. But I think the authenticity piece is so huge to show up exactly how you are and not try to fit into a box, yeah. not try to like be what I notice a lot of times and what, whether people have ADHD or not, when they become a coach, they like start showing up on social media as like, I'm a coach and I'm going to help you. And it's like, you would never talk like that in person. So why aren't you just like, I always say like, pretend you're FaceTiming with your best friend. And so I think the authenticity piece and right. being truly you, whether that's weird, whether that's introverted, extroverted, quiet, loud, whatever, like just lean into that. And it might be hard at first because you are going to want to try yeah. to fit into a box in order to grow because we all like, as human beings, we, we desire that, that validation. But the more you try to lean into you, that's what's going to attract people to you versus like, let me just try to be a certain yeah. way to like hope that people will want to work with me. So what, um, or are there any services or offers that you are promoting yeah, right so now that you would like I, to share? Um, I currently have two, two things that people can always jump into. Well, my one-on-one -on -one is kind of depending on if there's their spots or not, but I'm my one-on-one, -on -one, which I just recently opened up. I closed it for a bit. So there are some spots with that. Um, and it's just same as anything. There's no like specific program with it. It's just, you want to be successful, whether you're an entrepreneur that already has a business and you want to scale, or you're somebody who's like, got all the ideas and you're trying to like funnel it and figure out what am I supposed to do? We're going to help that. I like to help the business side, but also like the, the fears, the limiting belief side of that side of that with my one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and then I have my tough love collective, which I'm actually revamping. So if you are, happen to be new to my page and you want to check it out, you can, but it's kind of like my ongoing, you can join whatever place to get me consistently. I do calls twice a week. Um, you get access to a, a bunch of different things that I offer. Um, and there's some other things that are that are coming with that. But that's kind of like for people who want to be in my world, don't want to pay the one on one price, but don't want to do something like every so often, you kind of want to be involved all the time. That's that's that. And then I recently just um, launched my first retreat. It's not until August, but it's in the south of France. Ooh, and it's gonna be cool. awesome. I'm running it with this wow. company that kind of does everything for you. So they're putting together like the itineraries and saying we're going like, um, canoeing. We're going to do a food tour around nice. We're going to, um, like, uh, there's going to be like trainings by me. We're gonna have a bunch of special dinners, like wine tasting, all this stuff. It's going to be really, really awesome. And they give us, I'm learning French right now. I have been for this trip anyway, but they're giving us a language translator as well. So we'll have that the whole trip. So it's, it's oh, awesome. So I have that, cool. that link is, is in my bio, but those would be kind of what I have going on. Right. Cause I think it's yeah. really cool I, I, how it's kind I of interactive. It's new for me. I just started it recently. Um, <laughs> so we're only like 14 episodes in, but I always forget, like when I do these, I'm like, oh, you have a podcast. We should probably tell people about that. <laughs> but yeah. So, and, and again, it's, it's one of those things I, I'm reminding myself of for people who do or don't know who Gary Vee is, but he, he, his story, he's like this super, super big entrepreneur now, but he has this story where he started this YouTube channel called Vine Library TV and he posted a thousand episodes. All he did was like, you know, come on, try a wine and like tell you about it. And he did a thousand episodes before anybody gave a crap about him. And so I remind myself of that because with my podcast, mm -hmm. what I like to do, mm -hmm. one, I keep them super short and sweet. They're anywhere from like five to 20, maybe 25 minutes long, depending. Um, and they're less of like, here's a bunch of information on how to do something. Occasionally I'll share that, but it's more of like your like a pep talk. So it's kind of 
because everybody already has enough yeah. information out there in the in the world we need to actually apply it because awareness is one thing but integration is another and so every i share them every monday yeah. and so every monday on my page i'll either share a post a reel or something where i call it my tlat of the week it's a tough love accountability task so it's a task based off of what the episode was for you to share and so the reason why i was bringing up the gary v thing is because i know that getting this off the ground where people are really engaging with this is going to take a while but i'm committed to it even if it takes me a thousand episodes before people really yeah. do because like i probably only get like one or two people that comment on it but like the people who do consistently do or they'll dm me about it so it's shared every monday and then every friday we'll have like a check-in of like hey did you do what you said you were going to do so those posts are always on my on my instagram um for people to check out after the podcast well i'm really excited to watch that project grow i haven't listened to all of your episodes but i did recently mm -hmm. listen to the freestyle you did about like if you have a slow month in your business and I really enjoyed listening to it mm -hmm. like because it's quick and to the point and um I also emphasize because I just started this podcast mm -hmm. I have like 10 episodes and it just is yeah, what it is we just do it one day do. at a time so much else, so. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to share um, while you're here? No, I guess the only thing, because it's been the, the thing on my mind, just kind of like what we were talking about a little bit, is anybody that is sharing on social media right now, whether you're brand new and you're getting things off the ground, because my Instagram's like new, but I it's a restarted Instagram, because I hit almost 50,000 followers on my last Instagram and then started this new one because it was just really slow. Wow. And I, I feel like I started it at like the worst time because Instagram is just like not showing myself to anybody, but <laughs> But it's a very humbling experience. But I would say anybody that's like sh running a business, showing up on social media, whatever it is, if you feel like kind of going off that podcast episode you're talking about, if you feel like things aren't working, you can always question what you can do better, but don't question yourself so much that you throw everything out the window. Like sometimes you just have to head down, keep showing up, right. even if you get literally zero likes, zero clients, zero money until like you hit a breaking point because it always happens it just takes a little longer so just be patient don't throw right. everything out the window like when it's not working so right consistency right then people know it's there they'll come to it they'll hear the message over and over i say that to my clients about their yoga classes like you're not gonna have a full yeah and first it's day crazy that up, we like... think like we want that whether you're a yoga teacher or like you're showing up is like I have clients who will say like they want to start doing Instagram lives. They're like, what if no one shows up? I'm like, do you think that you're just going to start doing Instagram lives and you're only going to show up if like a hundred people are there? Like that's <laughs> not the case. And you also aren't entitled to po to do a live at nine o'clock in the morning and have a hundred people show up. People are living their lives. Right. So we kind of have to like push down the ego a bit and know that like our goal has always been, no matter what you're doing is to help one person or if one person shows up yeah that's what we're here for of course we would love more but it's the people who get excited about one that build to the hundreds versus the people who want the hundreds first before yeah. they ever are like earn the one you know what i mean yeah alexis yeah. i want to say thank you one more time for joining us um i feel like i learned a lot i feel like people listening can learn a lot um and I am looking forward to watching you on Instagram you so and listening really to your podcast it. more. Thank you all for joining Alexis and I on Yoga Corner Chats today. 
You can find all the information you need to find Alexis and what she has to offer in the captions or show notes of this episode. I am currently accepting clients into my six-month one-on-one entrepreneurship mindset coaching program for yoga teachers. If this is something you are interested in, send me an email or Instagram message and we will set up a clarity call. The Yoga Corner Chats replays can be found most places you listen to podcasts. Please don't forget to give me a review and subscribe to my podcast so you don't miss out on future Yoga Corner Chats. Have an amazing day. Chat soon.